morning. Oh my goodness. Can't we just stay? Like Pastor Rick said, when we worship, and it's going to be 24, and it's going on right now, 24-7 in heaven, I get overwhelmed. There's nothing like the presence of God. There's nothing like being captivated by him because he is captivated by us. There's nothing like knowing that we have the honor of being his sons and daughters and that he literally sent his son to die on the cross and he opens heaven constantly, opens it upon us that we, we get to receive, we get to be in his presence. We, we get an open communication regardless of who we are, where we've been, where we're going to go, what we've done, what we haven't done. You know, he said to me one time, Steph, do you understand that the sin that you've done is the same as the things that I've asked you to do and you haven't done? And it made me step back and go, oh my goodness, I have forgiveness for the things that I've done, but how much more important when I have that is that I need to move forward in what he's called me to do. And I tell you that today, that many of you have been sitting. I heard him say that during worship. You have been sitting on things that he has called you to do. And yes, there is timing and there is waiting for specific things for him to do in your life and in others' lives and in the places that you're going to go and the things that you're going to do. But if you say that, yes, he will open the doors of heaven on your behalf. You're in a good place to receive that. Heavenly Father, I thank you that as we get into your word today, Holy Spirit, that you have already had your way and you're going to continue to have your way in me and through me and in this place. I thank you that each one of us have ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say. We have hearts so ready to receive, Lord. I'm ready. And I thank you for your presence here and what you're doing. And we bless you and we honor you today in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, in the past few years, I mean throughout life, but more so in the past few years in conversation and in prayer and things in my life and other people's lives, I've heard, I am tired of waiting. I have waited so long, or this was prophesied over me, or I have been ill for so long, or this has been hurting, or my heart has been so broken. And I have just been waiting for a touch from heaven that wasn't just in a moment where I got the goosebumps and I was like, wow, Holy Spirit, thank you. But the kind of waiting where sometimes you think, I can't do this anymore. Have you ever been there? I have. I've been done in the waiting before where the weariness overwhelmed me. And I thought to myself, you know what? I, I'm just done. And God always says, but I'm not. And he tells me, like I've shared before, get up, Steph. 
And then he reminded me again, every breath is breakthrough. Keep breathing because every breath you take is a step closer to breakthrough. And it is breakthrough. Actually, many times I think to myself, actually, I'm walking in breakthrough. Breakthrough is already here because Jesus paid the price. And in the Bible, we see all the stories and testimonies. And I was thinking of that scripture, Pastor Rick, where we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And we love not our life unto the death. And I was thinking about that as I was preparing. Because when you're in the waiting, and then he tells you, Stay close to me in the waiting. Get into my word. Gather the people around you because you don't have strength, and I do, and I'll renew your strength, but they have strength for you. And then I begin to read the word, and I think to myself, I heard that story in Sunday school. I heard that story from my mom and dad. I heard that story from the pulpit. And I take time. And I get quiet in his presence because what I realized is every single one of these stories as a testimony where they were waiting, where they overcame, and they moved forward. It's not just a story where I remember, this kind of dates me, but I remember the felt board and the little characters that would stick to it. Some of you know what I'm talking about and they'd move the camel across, and they'd move Joseph and Mary, and there was, do you know what I'm saying? And if you were really good, you got picked that time to take those characters home. And I remember marching those, because one time I got picked. I was pretty excited. I didn't talk too much. And I took those home, and I marched them across my bed. They overcome by the blood of the Lamb. And the word of their testimony is written, the written word. People are listening to you and I, and they're wondering what our stories are. And when we sit down in conversation over coffee, and I begin to hear somebody's testimony and story and how they've waited and what they've overcome, I think to myself, your story was written in heaven. You're overcoming by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. And you're here before me, and it's an honor. I don't take it lightly. Each one of you, when I look into your eyes, you've got to know that that's what I'm thinking because that's how he created me to be. And when we're waiting, when we're waiting, he has something for each one of us to speak from heaven to each other. In waiting for certain things, hope can be deferred. And in Proverbs 13, 12, it says this, hope deferred or postponed makes the heart sick, but a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. This kind of thing gets me because when I've been in a moment where I feel like hope is so deferred, is so postponed, righteous anger rises up in me, actually. And I know that there's a time of building character and those kind of things, but then I look in somebody's eyes who's been waiting for a miracle in their body or they've been hurting in a different way or they've gone through such abuse and it's time for that kind of a breakthrough. And I just, I just go before the throne and I'm like, hope has been deferred here in their life, in my life. 
And I'm ready for the tree of life. And I want to see it. I want to see as it is in heaven here on earth. And I believe it for you. And I believe it here. Because that's what we carry, his glory. Hold on. Because your tree of life is on the inside of you, Jesus Christ. He is the vine and we are the branches. And we must remain because when we remain, the things that shouldn't be will be cut off, but we will grow. And we see that in the natural, not just the supernatural. Waiting can cause such a disappointment. When you grow weary, you can even think that God doesn't care or that he's left you out and others get to receive. What a lie from the pit of hell. You can begin to get stuck in the wrong kind of why. I believe it's okay to say why God, and he can talk to us about it, but if you get stuck in the wrong kind of why, do you know that that actually means for what reason or purpose is anything? And we see that in today's body of Christ and in the world. What purpose is anything? I've tried, I've prayed, I've done all I know to do. He did too, and he shed his blood. And then he gave us the true reason why. And he's fulfilling it in us and through us. I think of Abraham and Sarah. Again, the little characters but they waited for a long time. They received the promise, and they waited for a long time for that baby and all the stars that they stood underneath. I think of Paul. First he was Saul, and God turned him around, and he became Paul, and then he had to wait. Yes, he walked in that immediately, but man, the times he sat in prison, I had an opportunity to go to Rome one time and went down in a prison where he and Peter had sat. And I stood down there and I thought in his waiting, he sang praises to you. In his waiting, there were people that were shackled next to him. How long did they sit? How weary did they get? And as I looked down the hole that they dropped them down in. And they made a stairway for us to go down. I could not leave that place for quite some time because it wasn't just a story to me. He overcame so we could. He wrote part of the word of God for us because he overcame even in the weariness. I sense the presence of God here. He comes in the fire, and he comes in the wind, but he comes in the presence of the holy hush. And when he comes like that, I'm very, very careful. I take my time. I slow down and I take a deep breath because he's not only doing something on the inside of me, he's doing something on the inside of you. And in the past two weeks, maybe three, on one given day, 
people I had prayed for for a long time that had things that they had been waiting for for years. I got a text in the morning, guess what? This came through. Thank you, Jesus. 15 minutes later, guess what? Jesus just answered. Jesus, thank you, that's two. Another one, guess what? Guess what God did? Amen, thank you, Jesus. There were five. And this week, we saw one that we've been waiting for for 50 years. Amen? We're in a season like never before. We have been chosen for such a time as this that we cannot take lightly. I don't care if I don't get to my notes. We know what waiting is. We know what waiting does. We know what weariness is because we live in this world. But we have a king of kings and a lord of lords who loves us. That he opened the door. He put us in America where we can be free and we can pray for those that aren't. We can pray for the ones next to us that have been in prison for a very long time. And maybe they haven't spoken it, but I pray today that your ears are open because you need to have ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say so you can say to that person on your right and that person on your left, Jesus loves you. Sometimes that's all it takes. I remember standing in line with my mom at Walmart and the cashier, her machine messed up. And she was just standing there staring. She didn't even know what to do. She had the light blinking, and there was a line. The man behind me had his ice cream. And people began to grumble because we were waiting. And I remember thinking, this could be really bad, or this could be really good. And I've been where she's at. And I said to her, ma'am, thank you for what you do. I know we're waiting, and sometimes we get impatient, but I want to thank you for what you do because you're the one we're all looking at. This is your job, and it's not your fault. And even if it was, thank you for what you do. And when I did that, the person that was trying to check out, I could tell, she looked at me, and she goes, yeah. And the man behind me, and I'm like, you know, We'll save your place in line. If you need to go put your ice cream back, you can go back and get a new one. And we all started laughing. And I began to talk so she could do her work until somebody came because she was waiting while we were waiting. But the pressure was on her. We just became friends in line. I've never seen them since. But it really doesn't matter because that's not what it was about. Because I pray and hope that when I'm in the waiting, somebody will just say, you're doing a good job, Steph. And where you can't, I will step up. And I will gird you with strength that I have because I know Jesus. And I know you know him too. But we're in a time where we have to do that. And we must. And we must hold on. She got her machine fixed. And we did just fine. And he took his ice cream home, and I'm sure he ate it. It was probably more like a malt. But it's okay. We like malts, right? I think of David. 
and how he was, we know this story, but this is a testimony of overcoming. I don't take it lightly. My goodness what he went through. He already killed a lion and a bear and Goliath. But then when he stepped closer to what he was supposed to do, there was Saul. And he hid for his life and he ran here and he found Saul in a cave and he did this and he did that. It even said that by the time he was getting so close and he was hiding in a cave, it was a bunch of misfits placed around him. Thank God for misfits. I'm one of those. Thank you, Jesus, that you cared enough to take a misfit and turn her life around. Growing up, a lot of the times I was the one that was almost last to be picked or last. I was always short, so I was at the end of the line. God knows how. My hubby, he was bullied horrifically. You would never know that now. He had a long time in life of waiting. He was like this, and it wasn't till high school and college when he grew and got that intense look that he has now <laughs> that I fell in love with. <laughs> I felt safe. He takes what the enemy meant for evil, and he turns it around for good. And sometimes you have to go around and around, but you'll get there. I think of it like this when I get on the, on the treadmill or on the elliptical, that I'm stationary. And that's okay because it's good exercise, but when I take it out of that context and I think to myself, man, if I stay on this forever and just watch life go by because I'm weary in the waiting, I'll never get on the track and on the road and run the race that he's called me to. And I have to get off and step off and I have to be bold. I use myself as an example because I know, I know I was the one that hid. I was the one full of shame. I was the misfit. He's so good. He told me this, Steph, when you have ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say, and I had to learn what that looked like over again because I heard so many things. I would begin to focus on the word and I'd begin to read and then I'd get at the end of whatever and I'd go, what did I just read? Because I was sure thinking of a lot of things because I've been waiting or I've been weary, I've been hopeless. And I'd go back and say, Holy Spirit, come. Tell me what I'm reading. Teach me. I want to know you. And he would override all those things that were stirred up in my heart. Because when I listened in the world's ways, what did I get? The world's ways. It taught me how to be broken and heartsick, angry. I don't get angry too often, but when I do, I can. Depressed or oppressed irritable at everyone or everything. And that's not what we want or who we want to be in the waiting.
He tells me, Steph, have hope, joyful expectation. So today, I declare that over you. Hope actually means joyful expectation. And I declare that over your hearts and your lives because that's who he is. He's the God of hope. That's one of his names. And I declare that over you in your job and in your finances and in your heart and in your mind and in your soul. Don't let go. Don't let go. Don't give up in the waiting. Psalm 135 says this, wait for the Lord. My soul waits and in his word, I put my hope. In his word. Get into the word of God like never before. That is a key to life when you are weary and waiting and hopeless. Because when you get in the word, your soul waits. But you know what that means? It means your flesh, your emotions, your will, all that that's tied up will go, every breath is breakthrough. I'm waiting on you, Lord. And as my soul waits, I will have peace that passes all understanding. I will take a deep breath because I have your word and your word tells me I'm an overcomer. That greater are you in, in me than he that is in the world. And by the stripes of Jesus Christ, I will be healed. That you are a faithful God. You're the God of hope. Psalms, no, Isaiah 40, 28 through 31. We know this. But let's listen with ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say this morning because I'm declaring this over you. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Oh, yes, we have. Oh, yes, we have. In moments of worship, when his presence is so strong, we are hearing heaven on earth. Do you not know? Have you not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of earth, does not become weary or tired? Do you understand? He doesn't. He doesn't, and he's there for us. He's everlasting. His understanding is inscrutable. What does inscrutable mean? Impossible to understand, interpret. In our natural minds, we won't get it, but in our heavenly minds, we will because he will download it to us. He will give it to us. He gives strength to the weary and to him who lacks might. He increases power. I picture when my little boys were little and I would say, show me your muscles. And they would be so proud and they would show me their muscles. That's what he does for us. He increases our spiritual muscles, and our natural muscles when we go to him. There's nothing like that. I took so many pictures, and now I just go, look at this. Would you show me your muscles now? And they're like, Mom. And they pat me on the head. I'm sure God does that. It's okay. It's okay. I'm giving you my power, my strength. It says that though youth grow weary and tired and vigorous, young men stumble badly. Do you know even the people we look at that are the very strongest? And I have four men in my household. And in my heart and my eyes, because they're mine, I know you feel the same way. 
about your girls and boys, men and women in your house, they are the strongest. Because they're mine. That's how I see them. That's how he sees us. And even when we are the one that people look at, because every single one of you is the strongest to somebody, whether you know it or not. And you stumble, and you get tired and weary. God gives you his power. He increases it. It says, though, that those who wait and hope for the Lord. Waiting is power. Do you understand that? While you're waiting, you're being increased in power and obedience and seeking. It says, yet those who wait and hope in the Lord will gain new strength. You get new strength, not the old stuff, not the stuff under your feet. You get new strength. That gets me excited because that tells me there's momentum. There's momentum. We will mount up with wings like eagles and we will run and not get tired and we will walk and not become weary or faint. That word faint, every time I hear the word faint, I think of a story when I was five years old and I was visiting a friend. We lived in Kansas. I was in kindergarten and I remember sitting on this kind of oblong, pretty, funny looking little couch thingy. And her mama was sitting there with us and we were talking and the, the girl said to me, this is a fainting couch. And I was like, a fainting couch? When you faint, you like pass out. You know, my head, I was just thinking about that. And the mom said, yes, this has been in our household a very long time. And I thought, well, it must be really old then because you know when you're that age, everybody looks really old when they're older than you. <laughs> but I remember sitting there and she began to tell the story and she said back in the day, Women had to wear these things around their waist, and now I know it's called a corset, but they had to wear these things. And they would put it on, and then they would pull it so tight that it would take the breath out of them, and they would faint. And they needed a soft place to land. <laughs> I remember going, I don't want to wear one of those things. <laughs> but in studying, and every time I hear that word faint, I think now, Somebody just got the breath knocked out of them. Somebody feels so weary that they can't take a breath. And you need a soft place to land. Jesus is a soft place to land. The word of God is a soft place to land. The believers should always be a soft place to land. And today, right now, if that is you, where you feel like, because I saw a band wrapped around people's throats, wrapped around their chest, wrapped around their waist where they're like, if I could just get a breath. And anxiety will do that. Fear will do that. Weariness will do that. Brokenness will do that. Broken hearts will do that. I've had a broken heart before where I said, Lord, I need my next breath. He will give you that breath. And I declare over each person in this place today that if that is you and you have been saying to the Lord, I need to be able to breathe. I declare breakthrough over you because every breath is breakthrough. I declare healing in your bodies by the stripes of Jesus Christ because greater, I will always say it, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world and every breath is breakthrough. I can tell you that when I was on the bottom of the pool, and I died, and everybody knew it. I could not breathe under that water. 
I don't know how God did it, but every breath was breakthrough because the next thing I knew when I went to heaven and then I went back, he breathed life into me. And I saw my daddy and I saw my youth group crying and staring at me thinking, what just happened? Because my dad took the sheet off. I can tell you that he is a life-giving God. That when you are weary and broken, nothing is impossible with Jesus Christ. He's the miracle worker. He's the way maker. And he loves you. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. He's got something for you. There are some of you that have been stuck in the why from your younger years. He's just telling me this. You have been so stuck that bitterness has become a way of life and you didn't know that it was a way of life. It's just that's how your filter is. You see everything in brokenness. You see everything through the trauma of what you went through. And I can tell you this, every single person has been through trauma. None of us are left out, but none of us are left out in the kingdom because he's no respecter of persons. So if that is you today, I would ask that you would take a moment as I am even saying this and saying, Jesus, I surrender all. I give you my weariness and my brokenness and the trauma that held me back. I didn't even know that I have been stuck there all these years. Lord, I thank you that they're letting go of that right now so they can be free, because whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And I've been set free. And I'm still moving forward and working on the things that I still need to be set free from. But every breath is breakthrough, right? Amen. Amen. I remember my hubby several years ago went in for a hernia surgery. And they said to me, 20 to 30 minutes max. So I'm sitting there by myself in the waiting room. 20 minutes go by, 30 minutes go by, 45 minutes go by. An hour went by and I began to pray in the spirit. I began to call on Jesus Christ. And I began to pray in the spirit because in Jude, 120, it tells us that when we pray in the Spirit, we are building ourselves up in our most holy faith. And I needed my most holy faith because I knew in the spirit realm something was going on and it wasn't right. And after an hour went by, and an hour and 15, I got up and I went to the check in lady and I said, Listen, my husband went in for hernia surgery and they told me 20 to 30 minutes, and it's past an hour, and I've heard from no one. And she said, let me check on that and I'll let you know. And I went back to my seat and I began to cry because I knew and I began to pray and I began to declare life and life more abundantly. I began to say my husband will live and not die. And I began to say those surgeons will do the right thing by my husband because they have God, you're watching over him. And I began to, to continue to pray in the spirit and I began to text people, we need prayer, we need prayer. I haven't heard anything, but I know we need prayer. And close to two hours, the surgeon came out. He rambled a bunch of things to me, and he said, I don't, you know, we, we cut part of his intestine, and da, 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 and he just, he just, and I tried to ask questions. 
He couldn't even answer him. He said, he'll be in the hospital at least a week. And I said, when can I see him? And he said, we'll let you know. And I waited again. And I continued to pray in the spirit. And finally, they called me back. I, by then, I didn't even know what time it was. And I remember looking at him, and I remember thinking, thank you, Jesus. And he said, I'm hurting so bad. And I said, honey, I'm sorry. And he goes, why do I have to stay in the hospital? And I said, I don't know yet. And they moved him to a room, and I was just praying, and I was just praying because I'm like a week, a week, 30 minutes, a week, what's going on? And a nurse stuck his head in the window, in the door, and he said, you don't know what happened, do you? And I said, no. And he said, they made a mistake, and they cut your husband in four places in his intestines. And I knew then that it was life and death situation. And I began to pray. And I began to pray, and I began to pray, and I had to build myself up in my host, most holy faith because he was weary and tired and he was hurting. And I needed the body of Christ like never before. In the church, people are so weary and broken that we're seeing so many things happen. And instead of us coming together, we're pushing away. We're saying, I can't trust, or I hurt you, or I'm jealous of this, and I'm broken. No, it's the opposite. We draw in. Families draw in. Families draw in. Families draw in. Don't push away. The world says you'll hurt the one closest to you because you're safest. Man, we have an opposite. We draw in and we pull one another close. I couldn't do it alone. They didn't fix him right and they sent him home. He could still push on the hernia and he was hurting so bad. We went back and I remember the boldness coming up on the inside of me and I said, you've got to fix my husband. I don't know how or what, but you can't do it alone. Bring somebody else in, have another surgeon with you. Because building yourself up in your most holy faith will also give you boldness at the right time. And I said, you've got to do it quick, because I knew. And they did. Two days before Christmas, he's got a patch. I hope it's okay telling, baby. He's got a patch this big on the front of him. But it's real life. But it's a testimony. And every time I hug him, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It was a long time healing, and we felt weary. But we overcome by the blood of the Lamb. Waiting means to stay, to serve, to attend to. We have to stay, even though we're active. We have to attend to things, our heart. We have to patiently anticipate. And wait in that scripture means kava. It means to bind together by twisting. It means to be to ga gathered together. It means to collect to trust, to have confidence. Ecclesiastes 4.12 tells us, though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Don't do it alone. Gather the people together. Pray. Galatians 6, 9, and 10 says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Don't give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. I have to start here. Love yourself so you can love others and others and others. 
love me, love my family, love others. But when we do good, especially to those around us, the believers, we become a mighty strong army. And dry bones get filled up and we become elbow to elbow and we begin to march and we reach the one and the one and the one and the one who don't know and then they become a believer and we pull them in and our army begins to grow when we are weary and well-doing and we're waiting patiently God says at the opportune time we will reap a harvest we're in harvest season we truly are I remember saying the harvest is coming the harvest is coming I remember hearing the harvest is coming the harvest is here we're a part of it wake up Weary means without strength, without endurance, without spiritual resources. The enemy will tell you you don't have spiritual resources. Oh, yes, you do. You have prayer. You have people. You have the Word of God. Nothing like it. Psalms 105, 17 through 22. I'll read this quickly. He sent a man. God sent a man, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. They forced his feet into shackles. He put into irons until the time that his word came to pass. Man, his family was jealous. He was thrown in a pit, sold into slavery, lived in a great place, but he was lied about. He was thrown into prison. He thought he was forgotten, and he would say, don't forget me. He was very weary, but in well-doing, he continued. He continued, and he wasn't forgotten because God does not forget the Lord, the word of the Lord refined him. Do you understand that what he has for you, regardless of where you're at, that when you're in the waiting, Joseph, for what he was called to do, had to have integrity, character. He had to have new strength. He had to have hope beyond hope because he was getting ready to walk into a ministry because his word had come to pass. Don't get weary in well-doing. The king sent and released him. He was not forgotten. You are not forgotten today. The ruler of peoples and it set him free. He made him Lord of his house and ruler over all his possessions to imprison his high officials at will that he might teach his elders wisdom until your word comes to pass read the word of god and dig in pray in the spirit gather your people because in the waiting the holy spirit will come like in the upper room and set you on fire like nothing you've ever felt or done before because it is a fire shut up in your bones. Then suddenly, instantaneously, quickly, and unexpectedly, and straightway, and immediately, the waiting is over, and suddenly has come, and weariness is no more. In a snap of a finger, I went from being here to heaven weariness is no more in a snap of a finger I went from being in heaven back into my body I had no fear the enemy couldn't touch me 
He tried. He spoke. But the right arm of God came in and upheld me and gave me breath. He's giving you breath today. He's breathing life into you. I declare a suddenly over each one of you. Heavenly Father, you are the God of suddenlies. Raise your hands. Everybody in this place is waiting for something, Lord. And I thank you that your presence is here. Your angel armies are here. And that you are healing minds, souls, bodies, and spirits. You are providing in such a way. You are giving hope against what the world says is hopeless. <laughs> Holy expectation. Holy expectation. Joy of the Lord is your strength. You're going to laugh again. 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 Restoration. Redemption. Ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say. Quickly, I'm going to share. We know this story. But it's somebody who had to wait and they had to choose to wait. And we know it in Mark 5. It talks about Jairus and how his little daughter was at the point of death. She was ill. Do you know he was first in line? That, that story starts out that he met Jesus on the seashore. He was there. He knew who Jesus was. He had heard about him. He had ears to hear and he met him there. And he was in the posture of worship. He knows. When you're in the posture of worship, you understand. He was first in line for what he had, his request. Remember that. He was first in line. Many of you have felt first in line and forgotten. And it's said that when he told Jesus that even though there were hundreds to thousands of multitudes pressing in on them, that Jesus went with him. Jesus is with you. He goes with you. When you talk to him, he hears you. Even in the waiting, he's with you. And then we know the story where the woman of the issue of blood says, wait a minute, I've heard about him too. I've had ears to hear and I didn't understand what it was, but I want to know. And I've, I've heard about it, it says. And she pressed through and all she got was the hem of his garment. And the dunamis healing power of Jesus Christ flowed through him into her. And Jesus took time and he took care of her. What if Jairus would have took off running? What if he would have said, that's it. Forget it. Forget it. I was first in line. I don't get it. Get back in line today. Get back in line. Because Jesus overheard. He overheard again. Open your ears. He overheard and he said, whoa. And by then another official came and said, don't worry about it, don't bother him. But he remembered, he remembers you today. And he went with Jairus and he went in and he raised her from the dead because every breath is breakthrough. I remember sitting in a waiting room with my mom and my dad years ago, my mom was ill. And I remember thinking, I don't want to wait. We checked in and I don't want to wait. I don't want to wait. I know she needs to get in right away. 
But God had a different plan. And I watched a lady come in that I knew and she checked in and she went and sat in the corner and she began to weep. And the Lord said, I want you to go to her. And I had a conversation in my head and I said, wait a minute. I have my mom here and there's some things that need to be done and I'm waiting and I don't have time for this. And he said, yes, you do. And I went over to her. I tapped her on the shoulder and she looked up. We knew each other because I had taken my mom to all her eye appointments and she worked there. She said, what are you doing here? And I told her about my mom. And she goes, oh, you need, I said, no, Jesus told me to come to you. And I said, what do you need? And she said, I'm pregnant and I'm alone. I have nobody and I've been so sick. I can't hold anything down. I'm alone. I said, no, you're not. You're not anymore because Jesus sent me over here and I know Jesus. And I ministered to her and I told her about Jesus. And I said, can I pray for you? And she said, yes. And I held her and we wept. And I told her she wouldn't be alone, that we would get her help. And I said, why don't you come sit by us? So she came over and sat by my mom because mom had ministered her, to her prior. And there was a young man who had a, a t-shirt on and he had, been, he had been pacing and waiting. And I could tell he had a sore throat and he was coughing. And he came over and he looked at me and he goes, my old lady prays for me. I knew he meant his mama, but he was in a place of waiting and he had been waiting a lifetime. His mom had been waiting he held his shirt like this and I said she's a good mom and she loves you and he said my my old lady which then I gathered was his wife told me that if I lose another job she's gonna leave me and my boss said oh, you were too sick you better get to the ER and get taken care of because I don't want everybody else to get this and he goes I I don't know what to do and my dad said son sit down he said you're not gonna lose your job or your marriage or your mama and you're gonna be okay you're gonna get healed and he prayed for him and he said well I haven't slept for weeks and my dad prayed peace over him and I prayed for him and I'm not joking the next thing we knew he was laid out on the bench seat and he was snoring loudly but he was asleep and there was a couple watching in the corner so by then we're all in this corner together in the waiting room not saying a word just watching and I'm going Jesus 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 my mom but he wasn't done yet so a young girl came in and she sat right in front of me and at that time the doors opened and I'm like they're here for my mom no a woman came out with a cheeseburger in a clear container and she said I bought a bunch of food today and my family we have one left over I promise it hasn't been touched but I felt like maybe somebody was hungry here and they needed a cheeseburger and I'm like wow and uh, Jesus feeds doesn't he who would like this cheeseburger and this little girl goes I haven't eaten I'm hungry and she brought it over and she opened it up never saying a word and she began to eat like she was so hungry and I just stared and this couple finally spoke up and he goes I've never seen anything like this and I just looked at him and I said Jesus Jesus and his wife goes what is this and I said Jesus and he said Stephanie don't you know that I'm always working in the waiting he's always working and of course the doors opened and it was for my mom and she ended up being just fine and we walked out of there that day 
we have a miracle working God who works in the waiting. He loves us beyond measure. And if you are here today and you are saying to yourself, I don't know that Jesus or I knew him a long time ago and I want to know him again. If that is you, you are in a safe place. Everybody, if you would just kind of bow your head and, and shut your eyes. You're in a safe place, but he's calling you and you know because your heart is beating out of your chest right now. And you're thinking, oh my gosh, I don't know if I can do this. Yes, you can. I did. And I did again when I needed to come back. So if that's you, raise your hand. Raise your hand because we want to pray with you. We want to celebrate. If that's you online, let us know. I know he's talking to you. Well, Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are in this place. I thank you that even the ones that didn't raise their hand this morning, you see them and you know them and you are with them and you love them and you're gonna restore them. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, we adore you, and we honor you today in this place. And we give you all the glory and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.